It was the summer of 1917. As America prepares to shed her blood on a distant shore, two lonely people are brought together by fate, torn apart by war, consecrated by wine. Lilac wine. This is Lilac Wine, the podcast. Each episode features a chapter from the novel, a rough draft if you will, read by the author Bruce Janu. New chapters will be written throughout the life of this podcast, until the novel is complete. Join the discussion and make suggestions at lilacwinenovel.com. Stay tuned after the reading for further information about the chapter you just heard. And now, Lilac Wine. Welcome to Lilac Wine, the podcast. I am your host and the author of Lilac Wine, Bruce Janu. On this, the first official episode of the podcast, I thought I would spend a few minutes talking about the story, about the podcast, what I'm hoping to accomplish on this creative endeavor. I started writing Lilac Wine many, many years ago. Uh, The process has come and gone in great creative bursts over the years. So far, I have 250 pages written, and these pages have been written at various stages in my life, which makes for a very interesting narrative. For example, one of the main characters is 19. So I started writing this not too much older than that character, Robert. The other main character is around 40, and now I am beyond that. So this is going to make for a very interesting narrative as I progress with the podcast. Since the story is set in a specific historical time period and specific places, over the years I've been involved in intense periods of research. I have traveled to Dubuque, Iowa to research. Lily Springs, the fictional town that is at the center of the story, is located about half an hour north of Dubuque, right along the Mississippi River. I went there to do some research, and I traveled by car trying to find the spot where Lily Springs would be, and I came across North Buena Vista, Iowa, and uh, walked around that town and got a feel for what Lily Springs must have been like. I have used the Dubuque Telegraph Herald, a newspaper that goes way back for the basis of my story. My characters read that newspaper. They use stores and services that existed in the Dubuque area at that time. I wanted to root the story as much as I could in actual history. After all, my day job I am a history teacher, (laughs) so getting the history correct is an important goal. For example, Robert, one of the main characters, the 19-year-old, he lives in Chicago in 1917 and likes going to movie theaters. On a particular night, he goes to the Gem Theater to watch a film. Now, I know what day he went to the theater in June of 1917. The Gem Theater, of course, was an actual place, and on that day, from an ad I found in the Chicago Tribune, there was a Charlie Chaplin film playing at the Gem, and that figures as well into the narrative. Now, what happened in the theater that night didn't happen, but it could have, and that is what makes Lilac Wine a little different, I think, than most novels. It is firmly rooted 
in actual history. As we go along in the podcast, I'll talk about the problems and the cool things discovered creating a story that is so rooted in history. There are historical figures in this book, historical events such as the Eastland disaster in Chicago and the Battle of Cantini during the First World War. Now, what is the story of lilac wine? Well, it's essentially a love story, an eccentric love story, I'd like to say. When I started writing the story, I was taking some literature classes, and one of the classes I was taking was on magical realism. And we were reading A Hundred Years of Solitude and other stories involving magical realism. And I grew to love Gabriel Garcia Marquez. So this is an eccentric love story that's also tinged with a little magical realism. The story is about a loner, Abelia Brody. She is roughly 40 years old, give or take, lives by herself in Lily Springs, tending her garden, fermenting her wine, keeping to herself. She is a master gardener into such things as grafting, which I didn't know much about. That involves some research once again and the hybridizing of plants and flowers. She also likes music and can be found in summer months on her back porch playing records that she has delivered to her house from a store, a real store at the time in Dubuque called Dubuque Music House, and she plays them on her large Victrola. Flowers and plants of every type and color bloomed in the yard surrounding her house. Like a framed Monet hanging on a gray and dirty wall, Abelia's home stood out among the rest in Lily Springs. During the summer, she could be seen walking gracefully through her wildflowers, a cloud of yellow butterflies fluttering playfully about her head. She was at home in her garden. There she felt safe and self-assured. Everything she touched seemed to bloom and come alive, for there was never any dead foliage among her plants, never any broken branches or bitter weeds. Never did a flower wilt in her presence. Lilac Wine, Prologue. In Chicago, 19-year-old Robert Bishop works at his uncle's piano factory. Believe it or not, Chicago at one time was one of the leading piano producers in the world. There was a street, Wabash Avenue, right underneath the L-Tracks that was known as Piano Row. But the Great War has severely hurt the piano business, and Robert soon finds himself out of a job. He spends his time at Conrad's Tavern, owned by a German immigrant beginning to feel the surge of intolerance that is sweeping the country. And he likes going to movies. Charlie Chaplin is his favorite. Both his mother and his father are dead, and in terms of friends and family, he has little. He would much rather spend his time in a dark movie theater, losing himself in those flickering images on the screen. Robert, though, is plagued by dreams. Dreams that are sometimes prophetic. Some imagery in his dreams were nonsense, probably like most people's, he reckoned. 
But here and there, he would have terrifyingly real dreams. Dreams that would hint at a truth yet to come. Sometimes they were cryptic, sometimes urgent and very real. Two years ago, for example, he woke up in a cold sweat, a cacophony of screams still ringing in his ears. He had seen water and bodies, children trapped in dark spaces, gasping for air that was non-existent. Hands clawing on walls, bubbles and rushes of dark brown water, the swirling hair and the vacant eyes of a woman floating, angelic-like in water, eclipsing the shimmering light from above. That was it. He didn't know if it was some horrible accident yet to come or, or another torpedoed luxury liner in the war. All he knew was that something horrible was going to happen and there was nothing he could do about it. That was the worst of it, the feeling of helplessness in his gut. People were going to die, and there was nothing he could do because he never knew when or where. He always lacked details. Lilac Wine, Chapter 3 Fate is going to bring Robert and Abelia together. In spite of their ages, they connect in a real and deep way in spite of the conventions of the time or of this time for that matter. But the small town of Lily Springs is not forgiving or accepting. Just ask Billy Miles, a young 17-year-old boy there, a mechanic and a dreamer, wanting nothing more than to leave the small town. He spends his time on the river boats or fishing, keeping a secret of his away from his family, especially his father away from the prying eyes of those who would judge him and condemn him for the feelings and the loves in his heart. The war that the United States just entered will also play a role. Through it all, we will be introduced to characters and events rooted in a very real history. This is the story of Lilac Wine. Every week, I will be reading a chapter from this novel in progress. After the reading, I will discuss the issues and problems faced in writing that particular chapter. I will talk of the inspirations, the things that I think worked, the things that I struggled with. I want this to be a completely honest exploration of the creative process, inviting you in, asking for your support, your patience, and your constructive criticism. At lilacwinenovel.com, I have a discussion board there will be a place to comment on each episode, ask me questions, make suggestions, connect with other listeners. Robert and Abelia are a, a big part of me. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I would say that they are me in many ways. There is rarely a day that goes by when I don't think of them, and I want you to meet them as well. So join me every week here on Lilac Wine, the podcast. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Tell your friends, connect with me. Make comments and suggestions. I would really appreciate it. I hope you come to love these characters and look forward to each segment of the story. I hope you love Robert and Abelia just as I have for the last two decades. Next week, I'm going to talk about how I came up with the story, the inspirations behind the idea 
of lilac wine. And it's all about music. Then I'll start reading from the book. The prologue first, and then chapter one premieres on January 1st, 2019. So subscribe now. Thank you for listening. Hope to connect with you soon. Until next week, I am Bruce Janu. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Bell Book and Camera Productions. Visit bellbookcamera.com for more information. Lilac Wine is written and produced by me, Bruce David Janu. All content is copyrighted by the author and cannot be used without expressed written permission. The intro voiceover was provided by my colleague and friend, Rachel Vissing. We work together on another podcast at the school where we both work. That podcast is called We Are E.G., and tells the stories of students and staff at our suburban school. More information about that podcast can be found at weareg.org. Please visit lilacwinenovel.com to join the discussion, ask me questions, make comments. The purpose of Lilac Wine, the podcast, is to discuss the creative process. Your comments and suggestions are greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.